You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Steven Pianovich. It is Friday, October 26th, Penn State, a day away from taking on Iowa at home at Beaver Stadium. That is a 3.30 kick this weekend. Game will be on ESPN. 17th ranked Nittany Lions, 18th ranked Hawkeyes. Should be a fun game. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams. Uh, I'm obviously <laughs> more concerned with learning some, some stuff about Penn State and what kind of team they're going to be over the next five, six weeks here. So it should be a great game. Uh, maybe a little more old school, Big Ten feel to it. At Beaver Stadium there with a really good defensive-minded Hawkeyes team versus a Penn State team that's looking to get its mojo back on offense. On today's show, we're going to we're going to preview the game with our three things to know for this week. Uh, we'll have that coming up right here in the first segment. And then later in the show, uh, Steve Petrella from the Action Network is going to join us. We're going to break down... The betting line for this week, Penn State is the favorite at home. Uh, we'll also talk about some other lines and numbers that Steve likes this weekend for all you uh, for all you gamblers out there. So we'll get to that later in the show. But as I said, we're going to start with our three things of the week to get you ready for Penn State, Iowa. So here we go. Let's dive right into it. First thing to know this week is that Jawan Johnson practiced this week, but we should still see uh, some of Penn State's young receivers, promising young receivers, more than we have uh, in the past on Saturday. So Juwan Johnson went down with an injury last week uh, against Indiana. It didn't seem to take him out of the game much. It it must have happened late in the game, uh, but he was hobbling off the field when they went to the locker room. It was unclear if he was going to play this week. Uh, James Franklin kind of dodged the question as he normally does with injury reports on Tuesday during his press conference. And, uh, but Juwan Johnson was at practice. Uh, a lot of reporters who were there on Wednesday night reported that, that Johnson was dressed and practicing with the team, which is a promising sign. Uh, even if he's not a full go to have him out there a, a little bit is still good. You know, makes the Iowa defense have to account for him. Johnson comes into the game as Penn State's second leading receiver. Uh, he was the leading receiver for most of the year. Uh, that is, he has now relinquished that title to KJ Hamler. But still, Johnson has 21 catches, 293 yards, just the one touchdown. Uh, and of course, he uh, had a big touchdown last year against Iowa, as many of you will remember, and many Iowa fans will disgruntledly remember. He scored the last second game-winning walk-off touchdown to beat the Hawkeyes in Iowa City. So maybe Juwan Johnson can get back on the field this week and uh, terrorize the Hawkeyes a little bit more. Would be nice to see for Penn State in that offense. Uh, But if he's not able to go or if he is limited, and honestly, even if Johnson is playing a decent amount, it sounds like James Franklin and this coaching staff want to get some of these younger, talented receivers more in the mix because uh, Penn State has struggled. At the wide receiver position this season, uh, definitely has not lived up to expectations. 
some of the guys like Johnson, like DeAndre Tompkins, like Brandon Polk have dropped passes and just not have the kind of production that a lot of people thought they would coming into this season. So Franklin did mention this week that we could see guys like Jahan Dotson and Justin Shorter out there. Uh, those two guys are freshmen. They uh, Shorter has only played in one game uh, against Kent State back uh, back in September. Did not have a catch. Dotson has played in two games. He's one catch for 10 yards. But we could see them uh, become fixtures of the offense, or at least featured more in the offense uh, coming up on Saturday against Iowa. Here's what James Franklin said about it. He says, Jahan's been doing it all, all year long. Shorter, I think, is really starting to come into his own now, again, after having an injury earlier in the year. He also mentioned Daniel George. Franklin said Daniel has done some good things. I think those guys have an opportunity to factor in. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention forgot to mention Daniel George. He had, of course, that uh, 95-yard touchdown against Kent State, too. The school record in this first and so far only catch as a Penn State didn't line. So, tough act to follow up, but don't be surprised if you see some fresh faces out there uh, lining up out wide on Saturday against Iowa. Real quickly, while we're talking about the Penn State passing game, another quote that caught my eye this week came from Kirk Ferentz, who has a lot of respect for Trace McSorley and uh, the longest tenured Big Ten coach, Ferentz. He said that playing Penn State uh, with McSorley is basically like playing a team that has playing an offense that has 12 guys instead of 11. So a lot of respect. Ferentz has been torched by McSorley in the last two years. Penn State, a huge winner in 2016 at Beaver Stadium. And then last year, uh, McSorley leads the game-winning drive. Saquon Barkley is a thorn in Iowa's side all game, but the Iowa's in a position to win right until the last minute when McSorley marches him down the field. So Kirk Ferentz will be happy to not have to face McSorley again after the season, but Trace trying to get to 3-0 against Iowa as a starter this weekend. All right, second thing to know, shift the focus over to Iowa a little bit. We talked earlier this week about Iowa's defense. They are one of the best in the country. They rank third in the nation in total defense. They pitched a shutout last week against Maryland, one of the toughest units Penn State's going to go up against. Uh, so we know that. We know Iowa has a great defense. The thing you should know is Iowa also has a really good tight end. So... Iowa has Noah Fant, who leads the Hawkeyes with 26 catches and six touchdowns. And there's a very good chance that Noah Fant is the top tight end picked in next year's NFL draft. The kid's the real deal. He is he, he's big, physical tight end who is a tough cover for whoever you put on him. I'm not sure exactly how Penn State is going to defend him, but it's going to be a challenge on, on Saturday for sure. Noah Fant is a guy who... Um, He's a threat in the red zone. And he's a threat pretty much anywhere on the field. He is the he's the, the key to Iowa's passing game, uh, which is their offense is quarterbacked by Nate Stanley, who, who is a solid player and is definitely growing into his own in the second year as Iowa's starter. But Nate Stanley, um, no fan, excuse me, is Nate Stanley's favorite target and the definitely the the guy to watch when Iowa has the ball and the guy that Penn State is going to need to figure out how to slow down, whether – that's with a linebacker. Maybe someone like Micah Parsons could cover him, or Cam Brown, or Jan Johnson. We will we will see who, what who is going to be tasked with covering Noah Fan. It's not going to be easy. Iowa also has T.J. Hawkinson. 
He's their leading receiver. He's 424 yards. Uh, this is what James Franklin said about their passing game this week. He said, quote, both Hawkinson and Fant are really nice complimentary pieces for each other. Fant may be the best receiving tight end in the country, and then Hawkinson does a really good job as well. Hawkinson does a really good job at both. He's extremely physical. He's nasty, but makes a bunch of plays for them and brings the mentality to their offense. So both guys are going to be tough to watch. They're Nate Stanley's favorite targets. Uh, and if Penn State can take them out of the game, then, then they have a very good chance of limiting this Iowa offense to uh, maybe maybe 20 points or less. All right, third thing, third and final thing to know this week going into the Penn State-Iowa game. This is the first time that these two teams have met when they're both ranked since 2010. Uh, so it's not quite eight meetings ago because they didn't meet between 2013 and 2015. They had uh, three seasons there where they did not play each other. But still, uh, in the last couple of years, maybe Penn State has been ranked, maybe Iowa hasn't. There's been a lot of games where they both haven't been ranked. Uh, and there's been some years where Iowa's been really good and Penn State not so much, uh, most notably in, in 2015. But this is uh, it's nice to see both Iowa and Penn State ranked. I think it's good for the Big Ten when these two teams are, are, are playing well and these two programs are in good positions in the top 25 teams. Uh, the last time they played, though, it was uh, the last time they played as ranked opponents, that 2010 game. Penn State was 22nd in the country, Iowa was 17th. Oh, and then Penn State just was brutal out on the road at Iowa City, lost 24 to 3. That was that Rob Bolden, Matt McCloin team who was miserable on offense for a lot of that year. They followed that game up with a loss at home against Illinois. Uh, so they were never ranked again after losing that game at Iowa, but Penn State was ranked in 2010. Uh, so was Iowa. They are meeting again as top 25 teams this year. That might be the year, the 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 case for the next couple of years. I think Iowa's in a decent spot moving forward. Um, but Penn State, uh, Penn State, Iowa. I, I think the loser of this game drops out of the top twenty-five. I mean, maybe if it's close, if Iowa keeps it close, maybe they stay in. I think if Penn State loses, they're definitely out because it's three losses. So a, a crucial win for both these teams moving forward, just for to keep that ranking by their name, Iowa. Certainly trying to keep Big Ten hope, Big Ten title hopes alive, Big Ten West hopes alive. So uh, there's there there are some some things at stake here this weekend for sure, and it's nice to just have uh, these two Big Ten blue bud bloods back uh, with rankings beside their name going after on Saturday in a one of the biggest games of the weekend in college football. So those are the three things to know this week. Should be a fun one in Beaver Stadium. We have to step away for a quick break, but when we come back. We're going to be joined by Steve Petrella from the Action Network. He's going to break down some betting lines this weekend. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lines. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. 
Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lines is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store, Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app today, use that promo code locked on, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. All right, I am happy to be joined now by Steve Petrella of the Action Network. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. So, Penn State hosting Iowa this week. Uh, Nittany Lions still favored in a game because they're at home and they're playing a team with a good defense after some lackluster performances. But Penn State still favored. Uh, what do you think about uh, where the line is right now and where are you seeing some money come in so far in this one? Yeah, this is a case where uh, the, the betting public is all over the underdog, um, which usually is not a good thing uh, if you're on that side. Uh, from the, the data we have, uh, anytime there's more than 70% of bets on a, a road underdog, so kind of a trendy underdog, um, they only cover the spread about 42% of the time. Um, but so it's just, you know, people tend to f- like favorites um, to talk about all the time. And when they start to like the underdog, um, it's, a, it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cer- certainly something to, um, to be aware of. You know, this line... Uh, when it first opened, opened at 10, uh, which is, I think, just ludicrous, um, yeah. and got hammered down to four. Um, and then when all the other books started opening their lines, it opened at four, and then we saw some Penn State money come in um, and, and push the line up to six, six and a half. Um, if you like Iowa, I don't think you'll get a seven. Um, and if you want a seven, you're going to have to be really on top of it. Um, like the seven might pop, and then it'll get back get bet down um, back to six and a half. But yeah, I think this is a case of uh, people sort of reacting to what they've seen recently. So, um, you know, we saw Penn State really struggle against Michigan State uh, on offense. And and we saw them against Indiana last week, um, you know, whereas Iowa's kind of rolled through the last uh, three weeks or so. Although it's been against, you know, Minnesota, Indiana, and Maryland. But um, you know, the public, I think, is sort of catching on to Iowa right now. They they like that they're, they're getting points for the a road uh, a road underdog, um, and, and they'll take that six and a half all day. Um, whether it works out uh, certainly remains to be seen. Yeah, and Iowa's been uh, one of the top teams, I guess, to spread in the country. They're six and one. Only Washington State has a better record. It looks like it's seven and zero. Oh. Seems like uh, Iowa and their very good defense have made a couple fans in the betting community so far this year, at least. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, I think the only game they didn't cover was that Wisconsin game. Um, but everything else, I mean, the defense has been so, so good. Um, granted, there's the level of competition, like, meh. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you look at the first three games, Northern Illinois, Iowa State, and Northern Iowa. Um, and Northern Iowa is a, a good FCS team. Iowa State's a pretty good team, but the offense uh, is bad and not nearly what it is now. Um, Northern Illinois is one of the worst offenses in the country. So um, a lot of the competition hasn't been great. I think Iowa's defensive numbers are a, a little bit inflated. Um, and and we'll see Penn State put up some points. Um, although Iowa's offense has been uh, been pretty good too um, in, in, in a lot of ways. And I think the defense has created a lot of favorable situations for them. Um, and Nate Stanley is one of the, the quarterbacks in the big 10 that probably doesn't get enough credit. So, um, I think Penn state, you know, they should be able to put up more points than I think people are expecting in this game, but, um, it's certainly no guarantee. And, um, you know, this is one of Trace McSorley's last, you know, big, big moments. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll see him come through. Yeah, the over-under in the low 50s, low to mid 50s, kind of depending where you get it right now. Uh, man, I wish we, we could have been around talking about things in 2004. <laughs> when, when the, I don't know what the over-under was of that game. It was, it was 39. Oh, that was still pretty low. Yeah, Penn State was a three-point favorite. Wow, really? Uh, oh, yeah. So if they had, when Iowa gave them that safety, if they had come down and scored a touchdown, <laughs> um, How they would have covered. Uh, if they had just kicked a field goal and won seven six, they would they would not have covered. Well, um, that certainly wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, betting uh, over unders wasn't you know that like it wasn't what it is now so i don't know how many people uh were on that over or under but if if you bet on that game uh let me know i'd like to interview you or yeah speak to you in, in private that was fascinating if you bet the under wow what a what a nice day that probably was you should get like double or, or you should like triple the money for that like <laughs> on the multiplication of how much the under hit by if yeah and if and if one team has four points <laughs> Yeah, another thing that caught my eye this week, and I don't know if anyone else saw this, but uh, there were some odds out there from one book uh, that had on uh, who is going to be Ohio State's coach at the beginning of the 2019 season. Urban Meyer was still the favorite, but just barely. I know uh, Iowa State's Matt Campbell was in there and uh, assistant coach Ryan Day and a few other guys. Uh, what do you think about those odds that came out this week? Yeah, I, I like Jim Harbaugh down the list at forty to one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be, what uh, turn of events that would be? Yeah, you know, I, these lines a lot of the time are just for fun and for for publicity for the books. Um, so they're not like super accurate. I think they make sense based on perception, but like what actually is going to happen, we don't know. Um, I think if you were actually seriously going to bet on this, I think you have to bet on Urban Meyer. Um, I think Ryan Day is also uh, interesting just because the the succession plan, like we don't know the succession plan. There's been some reports that like Day is the coach in waiting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the, the odds of the top assistant on the staff getting the job over any one other candidate, no matter who, whether, you know, Matt Campbell has tons of ties to the state and, yeah. and everything, but um, the likelihood of the con- them wanting continuity is just so much greater than them being able to hire that one other coach. So I, there's really no reason Day should be uh, ten to one, uh, <laughs> especially compared to Campbell, who's who's seven to four. Um, 
I mean, like Bob Stoops doesn't make any sense. Pat Fitzgerald's yeah. not leaving. Um, Lane Kiffin would be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just don't see it happening. I, I think Urban Meyer's going to be at Ohio State next year. Um, I think more stuff is going to come out, and I don't think it's going to matter. Um, we, we've we've seen that uh, Ohio State is you know prioritized. Uh, keeping him, uh, you know, above all else. And, um, and if it did come down to him and, and athletic director, Gene Smith, I think, you know, they're, they're keeping Urban Meyer. Um, and what they've gotten from that is a loss to Purdue. Um, yeah. but, hey, Jeff Brom's uh, on that list too. I think he's 10 to Jeff 1. Brom's, yeah. I, I'm very curious to see where Jeff Brom's career takes him. Cause you know, him taking the Purdue job, I think was a little bit of a surprise to people. Um, he had pretty much his pick of like any open job um, a couple of years ago. And I think he surprised people when he picked Purdue. So um, is he going to stay there for a couple of years? Is he going to jump to uh, the SEC? Is he going to go back to Louisville when Bobby Petrino inevitably does something stupid or gets fired? Cause they're just a mess right Could now. Could be by the time you're listening to this podcast. That's very true. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm very interested to see what happens with Brom. I, I think ultimately he winds up at a flagship program, but I don't know if it's in the next year, maybe the next like two to three years, like maybe like 2020 or something like that. Right. Well, once he wins that Rose Bowl in a couple of weeks, it's going to be it's going to be Jeff Brom fever everywhere. Watch out! Three loss Purdue to the playoffs. <laughs> it's going to happen. It has to be the ultimate chaos. All right, we're with yeah. Steve Petrella from the Action Network. We have to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, Steve's going to give us some numbers he likes this weekend. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. All right, welcome back to the show. We are still joined by Steve Petrella. He's the college football editor at the Action Network. Steve, I know you got a, a couple numbers you have your eye on this weekend. What are some things you like? Yeah, um, a couple marquee games, uh, which for me is is not always a given. So I like to bet some of the ones off the radar, but um, I really like Florida against Georgia this week. I, I think Georgia is still getting a little too much credit uh, for last year and for the perception that like their top notch Alabama level recruiting has matriculated yet, which, you know, it has in the recruiting rankings, but it hasn't in terms of like developed talent. Um, so I think, yeah, they're just getting a little too much credit at six and a half. Uh, if you can still grab a seven out there, I would, I would certainly do that. I think, Florida can, can really control the trenches. Uh, Georgia's kind of been pushed around in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and, and I think that really favors the Gators here. Um, I like Navy as well. Uh, triple option teams pretty much always cover big spreads. Um, we, we wrote about it this week, the Action Network, um, just because they limit possessions uh, so frequently. Um, it's hard for teams to get outside the number. So when Army played Oklahoma earlier this year, you know, the game went to overtime, but <laughs> Oklahoma only had the ball seven times in regulation. So even if they scored a touchdown on every possession, they would have won by 28, would have been 49-21, and they wouldn't have covered the 30-point spread. Um, so just, you know, anytime a service academy plays a game as more than 20-point favorite, they cover the spread about 70% of the time. Um, and it, I think it's fairly logical to explain. It's just hard to get outside a big number when you only have the ball seven times. Um, and then the last one, I don't have a great reason for this other than um, you fade Tom Herman as a favorite and you bet on him as an underdog. Um, they're laying three and a half at Oklahoma State. Um, obviously, Herman's 
success as a dog are, are well known, um, but just pretty simple one for me there. I think this probably should be about a pick em and you're getting a, a free field goal uh, on the Cowboys uh, just because of perception that Texas is back. So, um, so yeah, I'll bet the, uh, the pokes here. That, that big night game there. That should. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, that I'm could excited. be, that might be the best game because all the other good games are really three thirties here or at least. Yeah. I guess I'm just really talking about Georgia and LSU or Georgia and Florida, but <laughs> hey, and Penn State, Iowa. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think that's right. They're both at 3:30. All right, Steve Petrella from the Action Network. Thank you as always for joining us here. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, sir. All right, that will do it for today's show. Thank you so much as always for listening. Uh, if you've missed any of our shows from this week, you can go back and find them on iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Locked On Nittany Lions. We uh, recapped the Indiana game. We talked to John McGonagall of the Center Daily Times earlier this week. We had uh, our top five Penn State Iowa games of all times, the Penn State trivia, uh, and our big question of the week. They're all in there in our shows from earlier this week. So check those out if you've missed them. Help you get ready for this game. Also, uh, leave us a rating and review. And subscribe to the show uh, if you get us on iTunes there. That really helps us out and helps other Penn State fans find us there. So thank you again for listening. We will be back on Monday with a fresh show recapping Penn State's game against Iowa. Let's hope it's a fun game. I'll talk to you on Monday.